You're listening to the Hope Chapel podcast. We hope that as you listen, you both find hope for yourself, but also be compelled to bring hope to the world around you. Thanks for listening. Well, once again, welcome to Hope Chapel. It is Christmas Eve. How many of you prayed for a rainy Christmas? Anybody? Well, we got what we got, and I think it's going to be a fantastic morning as we've already experienced so much of the goodness of being together in this place. Uh, I I want to talk to you a little bit about the meaning behind this season. We've laid it out for you on the front end of what this story looks like, and maybe you're familiar with the nativity scene and what that is, but today is a day of anticipation, And I don't know what it is that you're anticipating. Maybe it's a meal later on with friends or family, or maybe it's a gift that you saw under a tree or you received that you're waiting to open on Christmas Eve tonight or tomorrow, depending on your tradition. Or maybe you could not wait to pile everybody in the car and come to church on Sunday morning to light a candle, to remember the reason for the season. I don't know what it is, but what I know is Christmas Eve is a day where everybody seems to be waiting for something. And my wife said to me, she said, Jake, what is it that you want this year for Christmas? And I said, I think I only want two things. I think I want a meal around the table with all my family And then I want to come to worship with my church family. And she said, that's it? You don't want a gift this year? And I thought about it a little bit harder. And I thought, oh, no. I said, when I was growing up, the only people who wanted to spend time with friends and family and didn't want gifts were old people. (laughs) And I think I'm officially old. And I know what some of you are thinking, right? You're thinking, I'm older than you. You're not allowed to be old because I'm not old. And I know others of you in the room are thinking, I'm younger than you, and you've been old for a really long time. And I'm just waiting for you to realize it. So this morning, I am declaring on the stage that I am officially old. Today marks the day I'm officially old. Some of you don't need to cheer so loud about that. Thank you. Thank you for your condolences. But I said, I said, I think that's it. You, you, you know, you realize that waiting is part of life and waiting is central to the Christmas story. It's central to the Christmas story. We've been in a season called Advent. Advent means arrival and it's talking about the arrival of Jesus. But in the same way, we all know that waiting is part of life and that's why in the church, we return through tradition each and every year back to the concept of learning how to wait and learning how to wait well. It was in Luke chapter three that we see people were waiting for Jesus to come. They didn't know it was Jesus at the time, and so they were searching. It says the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John the Baptist might possibly be the Messiah. The Messiah meaning the one to come, the special one sent by God to change the world. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The people wondering if John the Baptist was the Messiah that they were waiting for, John was quickly to remind them, I am not the one that you're waiting for. In fact, John was also waiting. And so later on in Matthew chapter 11, he says to Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? In other words, I see signs that you could be the one, but I'm unsure 
if you're the one that we've been waiting generations for. And what you see through the scriptures is that through generation after generation, the people of God were waiting for something to be different in their lives and for God to send his chosen one to step into their world and to make changes. And it wasn't so much that they were looking for a person as much as they were looking for their future to be just a little different. And I gotta tell you that we live in a time just like 2,000 years ago where things are not all that different. People still look for something to step into their world and make things just a little bit better. They search for happiness. They search for joy. All the things that we've lit candles around, hope, joy, love, and peace are the things that people are still chasing after trying to find it. And I'll be honest, the thing I think that we all fear the most, and this is not a, a Jake thing, it's not a Kansas City thing, it's a human thing. We all fear that we're chasing after the wrong things. That maybe the thing that we're hoping will bring us hope, joy, love, and peace will not actually bring us any of the things that we're looking for. And yet we chase after a new piece of technology or maybe a medical cure or we chase after another paycheck to pay the bills or a big family vacation or trip that we think will bring us some temporary happiness. We chase after the end of a season by saying, I can't wait for that to be done or chase after a new season. Can't waiting for, uh, we can't wait for that to start. And we end up chasing after things that bring temporary happiness after temporary happiness after temporary happiness. And I gotta tell you, the reason why we celebrate here on a Sunday morning is because if Christmas teaches us anything, is that the real thing that you should be waiting for is Jesus. That's what Christmas teaches us. And, and that's why we return to it on a regular basis. We believe that Christmas changed everything because God stepped into our world. This is the joy of what it means to wait with anticipation. Do you realize that when you're waiting with anticipation, it changes everything about the way that you live your life? My family has been waiting for Christmas to come, probably like your family has as well. And what that means is anticipating it and, and being expectant by doing things. We, we've actually uh, participated in all of the school Christmas programs with our kids. We've, we've participated in Christmas parties. We bought the gifts. We bought the food. We cleaned the house. We sent the letters out and the invitations out. We did all the things we possibly could to get ready for Christmas. There was no procrastination. We'll do it tomorrow. I know some of you still have gifts to buy that's okay. We're not judging you. But you realize Christmas is coming tomorrow and I've got to get out there to that big box store at the last minute in order to buy those gifts because you too are still anticipating that something is coming. When we live with expectation, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we live. It changes the way we act. It changes the way we operate. And, and here's what we realize. We realize that this story is not just about 2,000 years ago, but it's all, also about getting ready for his return. Matthew 24, verse 42 says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. The story of Christmas that's been told for 2,000 years is the spirit of celebrating Jesus that came and the one who will come again. In other words, Christmas is all about receiving and it's about waiting. 
There are blessings that have come into your life that you have received, and there are things that you continually wait for. We all understand this on a fundamental level. There are blessings in my life, like my family and my friends, like this church community, personal blessings and opportunities that I've been given that are very dear and meaningful to my life. And then there are also things, promises, if you will, that I wait for, hopes that I have that things will look a little bit different. And I'm talking about this on a personal level, things that are deep and intimate to me that maybe I might not share off the stage, but are core longings of my heart. And, and I see this in our community as well. All I do is I, I open up my smartphone and, and go to the news app only to see headline after headline dominated this year by global tragedies, by shootings and by wars and by uh, famines and disease and by these sorts of things that remind us on a regular basis of our need for God to step into our world. And here's what I believe this Christmas season. I believe that God wants to step into your world this year. I believe he always has. And there may be a myriad of reasons why that hasn't happened, or maybe it has. But I know he wants to step into your world. And my question for you is, are you ready for him to step into your world? This year is going to look a little bit different in the Zasky home because it was only this past Monday that my father-in-law went to be with Jesus. Cancer is a terrible thing. It's a thing I don't understand, and so many of you have had cancer or are in remission. Others of you currently have it. Others of you know somebody who has. This is not the first family member that I've lost to cancer. And yet, in this case, one of the silver linings that often doesn't come with instantaneous death is that we had the privilege of being able to say goodbye. Not everybody gets to say goodbye. And so a couple of days before he passed, I'm sitting in his hospital room at Mayo Clinic and I'm looking across at him as he lays in bed. And we ask this very question, are you ready for Jesus to step into your world. Now, this is a man who's been a follower of Jesus most of his life. And yet in those final days, he talked to me about all the things he had not gotten to do and all the things that he did get to do. He talked to me about his family members who were out in the lobby that he loved. He talked to me about the things in his faith that he regretted and the things in his faith that he was so proud of. And yet being at peace as we often talk about, is less about being at peace with your regrets and more about being at peace with God. When the angel declared peace on earth, goodwill toward men, it wasn't that famines and diseases and wars would stop. It's that man was no longer seen as an enemy to God, but could live at peace in relationship with him. And so the beauty of this moment is that as I looked at my father-in-law, and we talked about living at peace with God, being prepared to meet him, being prepared for God to break through on the other side of eternity. Uh, a calmness entered into the room that I can't fully describe. And as he went to meet with Jesus face to face in a way that none of us have experienced in this room quite like that, I sit here today, I stand here today with a calmness 
over my life that he is face to face with Jesus and it's all good. It doesn't mean we don't miss him, but it's all good. So let me ask you again, are you ready for God to break through into your life? Because you don't have to be at end of this life in order for him to break into your life. His desire is to come and meet you right where you're at in the midst of your crazy and your chaos and your brokenness and to draw you back to himself. You know, there are a couple things that I've found that ready people have in common. The first is that ready people tend to stay alert. Even yesterday, I was driving down College Boulevard and as you know, it's a four-lane road, and I found myself in the right-hand lane behind, behind somebody else, and we're stopped at a traffic light, and all of a sudden, the light turns green, and everybody in the left-hand lane is going, but I'm behind the guy who's not paying attention. And so I kind of wait, but then after a while, I'm afraid somebody's going to plow into the back of me, and so I tap my horn, and he starts moving, kind of jerking and getting back to attention. And as he goes, he's going a little slow, so I go around him, and a couple of stoplights up, I, I see the yellow light and I break a little harder and something in my passenger side goes flying under the floor. And so I'm fumbling around, not realizing it's a short light. And sure enough, the guy behind me that I just honked at is now honking at me. <laughs> True justice, am I right? And he, was, he probably couldn't wait for that moment. So I pick it up and I continue on. But what I'm reminded of is that ready people are alert. And there are a lot of reasons why we lose our alertness. Sometimes we get tired of waiting. Sometimes we get distracted and we, we don't remember. What we're reminded is even in the hardest times of life that in those moments, there is a blessing to those who stay alert. James 1.12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We go through challenges, perseverance. We go through distractions. We go through weariness. We go through all these things, but ready people stay alert. Are you alert? Are you aware if God wanted to step into your life? Could he even do so? Or are you so preoccupied with everything else that it would feel almost impossible? The second thing I know is that ready people pack light. My, my wife and I had this tradition when our kids were really young of cleaning out the kids' closets before Christmas. Because while we would buy our kids really small gifts, we knew the grandparents would buy the biggest dollhouse they possibly could. The biggest piece of plastic, as I often called it. We'd have race car tracks and all these different stuffed animals and we'd try and fit them into the closet. And so we would pre-purge knowing that the storm was coming to their closet. And... I realize that that may not be something that you do or you may not have those relationships, but the idea of purging is so important for all of our lives or we get distracted and cluttered and we can't find anything anymore. Does anybody else have a junk drawer in your house where you can't find anything in that drawer and you walk around going, we have so many places something could be that we just have to at some point in time reorder it on Amazon because we think we have it, but we don't actually know the power of purging. I travel quite a bit, and when I travel, I always pack in a carry-on. My family makes fun of me because if I went on a trip for a year, I would pack in a carry-on. And I pack in a carry-on for one reason, because I've lost baggage. And people who pack in carry-ons know that you've lost baggage too, and the only way to ensure you don't lose your bag is that you carry it on. 
And what you find, I, I recently went on a trip to another country for several days, and, and in those moments of packing in a carry-on, you realize what matters and what doesn't. That extra sweater that doesn't fit, you think, I can rewash it or I can rewear it or I can do something. I'm packing in this carry-on because you're committed to only the essentials. I told you I lost a bag, and I don't mean just lost a bag. I mean, I lost a bag that never came home. Not one after 28 days that never came home. And so I got really curious what happens to all the lost bags that never come home. And would you believe there's a warehouse in Alabama where you can go and an auction house where you can bid on bags. In fact, now there's a website called unclaimedbaggage.com where you can buy everybody else's stuff that they lost on airplanes. If you're looking for that last minute gift... <laughs> Go buy somebody's used AirPods on unclaimedbaggage.com. You're welcome. There's a beauty to traveling through this life light. Through skimming through all of life's complexities and not getting bogged down by what really matters. Jesus said it this way. Maybe you've heard this before. Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, at one point in Jesus' ministry, he had a man come to him, a young man with a lot of wealth, and he said, I want to follow you, Jesus. He said, then go and sell everything. And the man was sad because he couldn't do it. And another guy came to him and he said, Jesus, I have all these obligations. Jesus said, go and leave those obligations behind. Come and follow me. And the man couldn't do it. And another man said, but where is your home, Jesus? And he says, I have no home. Skimming through life with only the essentials strips away the distractions. It strips away the burdens. It strips away the weight. It strips away the materialism and allows us to really hear what matters most. Look, friends, there are over 50,000 storage storage, self-storage facilities in the U.S. where people are paying other people to store their stuff. You don't need more things. And the final thing that I recognize ready people do is they encourage others to be ready. When I moved here several years ago, everybody wanted me to adopt their sports team. And I got to be honest with you, I've been here now. I, I moved here the month that Patrick Mahomes moved here as well. You're all welcome. <laughs> and, uh, and so people wanted me to adopt the Chiefs. That's been easy. The Royals have been a little more difficult. I miss that. But one of the most contentious things people have asked me to do is root for their college team. There's KU and K-State, Mizzou and Wichita State, UMKC. I've been invited to every one of those games with this desire that one day all my wardrobe will be purple or red and blue or yellow and black. And you know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them because when you believe in something, when you give your money to it, your time to it, your effort and your energy, you want everybody else to adopt it as well. And so if you were invited here to church by somebody else, maybe against your free will, and we'll talk about it later, or simply because it was the traditional thing to do, 
I want you to know that that person took a risk, but they took that risk because they really believe that this has changed their life. They really have found hope, joy, love, and peace. And so that's not some religious fanaticism. That's somebody looking at you and going, I've experienced different in this life. My life has been changed and transformed by something that lasts. And I know because you're a human being that you too are chasing after hope, joy, love, and peace because that's what we all want in life. And I want you to know that it's not found temporarily, but it's found eternally. It's not found just for a moment or by chasing after the next thing, but it's found with a lasting impact. That's what Christmas is all about. His hope, is in a, our hope, is in a world without end. Our joy is found in an unspeakable way. Love is not an infatuation that God has until we do something wrong but his love is lasting and eternal. And his peace says, you could do all the terrible things in the world. And yet his peace by his grace says that I have made a way where you could not make it for yourself. And so the reason why we celebrate this Christmas season is because Christ has come to our world. He's paid the price we could not pay and offered us life that we couldn't offer ourselves. And the celebration, the reason why we'll light candles here in just a moment, the reason why we'll go out and to the lobby and we'll have great food and, and the festivities will begin is because something changed first on the inside of us before it ever changed on the outside. I wanna invite you to come Christmas, the door is open. The door is open to all of us to receive by praying a prayer of invitation for God to come, by praying a prayer of confession. God, I'm ready to surrender all the other things I'm chasing in order to receive you this Christmas season. That you too, like my father-in-law, may have hope and a promise not in 80, 90, or 100 years, but of a world without end. And so I want to pray for us, and then we'll take some time to respond this morning. But this is our moment to come in a sacred space for all the festivities begin and to connect to the one who gave us life. Would you pray with me? Thank you for listening. For more information, go to visithopechapel.com.